Hey everyone, welcome back to the Life by Taylor podcast where we learn and grow together. I am beyond excited to be saying these words right now. I'm so excited to be back. I feel like I really miss doing this, which I think is a really good sign when you miss what you do when you're taking a break. And if you have the privilege to do so and you feel like you need it, please just listen to yourself because I was feeling really uninspired. I was starting to feel like I lost sight of my mission and this month and a half break that I took really, really reminded me why I'm here, what the messages are that I want to share. And I just got to experience so many things that actually helped me take all of the knowledge and wisdom and practice it and test it and challenge it in real life situations. So I think the first thing I want to say is that the spiritual journey is so much more than just reading and understanding things. Of course, we want to acquire knowledge and You can read the books, you can listen to the podcast, you can watch the content online and share it on your Instagram story, but if you don't take it out into the world, if you don't test it, if you don't challenge yourself, then it really isn't going to have that big of an impact on your life. I was humbled in so many situations to see that things that I understand in theory are so hard to practice in certain situations, especially when it came to spending time with so many people. I am normally very isolated in the work that I do. I love to be by myself or with a select one or two people in the middle of nowhere, maybe it's even in my home, and read and learn and share. But being around so many people, different personalities, different types of humans, and practicing things like non-judgment and non-resistance and acceptance and compassion and patience was much harder, obviously. So... That's the first thing I want to say, that if you feel like you are at a point in your spiritual journey where you know a lot and you understand a lot, but you aren't growing anymore, I would say pause, literally pause. You can even pause this episode right now and put your phone away or stop reading the book, stop learning and take time to just apply and practice and take everything you know into the real world and test it on yourself. So obviously, even just with that intro, you can see that I've, um, I'm ready. I'm ready to share a lot of things here. And I haven't fully decided yet what this episode is going to be about because like you guys know, I don't plan, I don't decide, I don't script these at all. There's so many different topics I can cover. You know, there were so many experiences I've had. The last episode I created was closing the chapter in Austria. I climbed a volcano, did river rafting, visited LA for two days, went to Ecuador for two weeks with complete strangers, traveled to India on my own, went through an intense experience in India. And it's hard to decide logically where I should start, what I should start with. But as always, I just really trust my intuition and trust my creative flow when it comes to the podcast that if I just start and speak from my heart, if I feel tapped in, then Whatever message is meant to come to you guys will. So, of course, there's so many updates, right? It's like when you meet a longtime friend after not seeing them for a long time. You don't really go over all the things that happened to you, the good days and bad days. You really talk about the present situation, what you're learning in this present moment. You meet as you are now. You don't go back and start saying, okay, so last year and the year before that, you like you really give them the, the highlights and maybe the hardest things you went through and what you learned from them, but it's not in detail. 
I think that as I progress with these episodes, I will say that you can expect to hear about many things that happened in the last month and a half, two months throughout the following episodes that I will record because everything I teach you guys is through personal experiences. And as I cover different ideas and talk about different messages that I want to share, of course, I will incorporate stories and people I met and things that I did that go alongside and complement those lessons. But I want to make today's episode about something that I am currently working through right now, something that I experienced in India that I'm still digesting and still processing. And I will say that there are many, many parts to this story that I will share in the future, and you'll hear why as I break it down. But there is one overlying message. There's one main message here that I think so many people can learn from. It was a painful lesson for me to learn. It was a painful experience for me to watch other people learning this lesson and experiencing it. So without being too vague, let's just get into it. So as most of you guys know, because I talked about it, going to India was a huge dream of mine, not just in this romanticized idea of, wow, I'm spiritual, I want to go to India, but it was a dream for me to overcome the fear of going to India. I knew that a part of my soul was calling me to go there and... I impulsively bought a ticket and planned a trip to go to Rishikesh. And how I ended up going to Rishikesh, why I chose that place was actually also very weird and happened in this really strange way. On my last day in Los Angeles, I was about to go to Austria. I met this man who's a really talented spiritual teacher and leader in Israel. And he was visiting LA and I didn't go out of my way to meet this person, but I happened to sit with him. He invited me over for a reading. Now, this man has a really large waiting list and is actually a spiritual consultant to some of Israel's most influential people, from politicians to businessmen to celebrities. And I was like, okay, universe, like, obviously you want me to meet this guy. You want me to to go to this reading? Let's go. Now, in this reading, we actually uh, covered a lot of things about me that blew my mind. He really earned my trust when he described my entire past for me by literally giving me the years of when these events happened to me in detail. He talked to me about my grandparents who are not alive without me telling him that they were not alive and so many different things that just... I surrendered to this man's gift and let him tell me a little bit about my future. So actually, side note, he predicted basically every single thing that was going to happen in Austria in detail. He said I was going to meet someone. He described this person in detail. I'm not sure if I've shared this with you guys, but I think maybe I have. Then he said something to me about my career and said to me, Taylor, you have to go to India. And it was like the last sign that I needed because for a few months before this meeting, I was having this feeling, this intuitive feeling when I was meditating, when I was reading books that I should go, but I was way too afraid to admit it to myself or to act on it. And when he looked at me and said, go to India, go to Rishikesh, go study, go be a student, not a teacher, go be a student. I said, okay, that's the weirdest thing. I'm just going to do it. And I asked him, where should I go? He said, Rishikesh. I went home that night. It was 12 o'clock at night when I finished this meeting. But that night I searched on Google and read reviews for different schools and found the school that I ended up going to, which I won't mention by name at the moment because you guys will see why. But I paid my security deposit that night and told myself, that's it. I'm going to India. It's happening. I'm going to follow this. There's obviously something that's waiting for me there. From that point until... 
the time actually came for me to leave Austria and the Ecuador trip happened, I was actually really, really excited. It felt right. It felt aligned. I felt like I was guided there and I really did feel like it was time for me to go. By the way, I want to say that if you are planning on doing anything in life, really, like it's something that I feel is really common when people talk about extreme experiences like having children or ayahuasca or whatever. But I think that people need to honor the calling to things more because I saw many people do things like go to India. And of course, there was a part of me that wanted to, but I knew it wasn't time. I knew it wasn't the time for me when I finished the army and people went to India or whatever it was. So a lot of people saw me go and were like, oh, I kind of want to go too. Great. Honestly, you should. I highly recommend it. And I can give you many tips on what I would have done differently. But definitely wait to feel that feeling, that feeling of being called to an experience. Just because someone else does something, just because someone else has a really transformative experience doesn't mean that you will too going to that place or doing that psychedelic, whatever it is, it has to come at the right timing for you as well. So I hope I open people's appetite to go to India, but India is definitely one of those places where I would say, Wait to feel like you are actually ready to go because it's not, it's not Disneyland. (laughs) It's not Disneyland. That's for sure. The reason I'm referring to it as Disneyland is because of the lesson that I want to teach you guys. So back to the story, I was very excited to go at this point. There was a little bit of fear, but really I was at a point where it was mostly excitement. And if you are following me on Instagram, you know that I lost my luggage on my way there. I actually was flying there pretty sick. I got sick in Ecuador on my last few days. I had a bad stomach. I was not doing well and I had a chance to back out. My dad told me, like he looked at me, he saw I was really sick and I think it was his fear too. He's like, listen, I'll help you. I'll pay you back for the tickets that you bought. Like, please come home if you're sick. Don't fly to India sick. And I knew there's no chance. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm going to just push through and I'm going to get there and everything's going to be okay. So I was sick and I lost my luggage and I was still so, so, so excited to go. When I landed there, knowing that I don't even have my things, like I knew it's going to take a long time before I got my luggage. I lost it in Ecuador. I was still in a state of ecstasy running through the airport at three o'clock in the morning when I landed there. My smile was so big that my face hurt. I was running through the airport like, like a child who arrived at Disneyland. That's what it felt like to me. Like the first time you go to Disneyland, like the most magical, amazing experience that you can imagine emotionally, spiritually, like I was just so ready. And I slept in the airport that night, my first night, so that the next morning I could get on a flight to an airport closer to Rishikesh, which is where my school was. I got to my school finally, and I was in awe. I was honestly in a state of awe. I felt surprisingly not afraid at all, even though this was a completely unfamiliar environment even though it was genuinely pure chaos, like the streets were chaotic, everything was unfamiliar. Obviously the living conditions were beneath, I would say most of the standards I've lived in in my life, above the standards that I lived in in the army, of course, which always helps me in moments like that. But I was still so, so excited. That first week at school was probably one of the most exciting and fulfilling and just incredible experiences because I was so ready to learn and I was a sponge and I was 
paying full attention in class, coming back to my room after class, taking notes, rewriting my notes, learning so much, really just really high on life and so proud of myself for not listening to my fear and just living this dream that I had. It felt like that feeling where you're like, you followed your intuition and you took the risk and it's wow and everything is amazing and just really, again, felt like Disneyland. (laughs) So before I start the story, I do want to say that the staff at the school was incredible and amazing human beings from the cook to the guy who cleans the hallways to some of the teachers who were really incredible people were phenomenal and really taught me so, so, so much. Two of them were monks. One of them lived in the jungle for six years. His name was Ram Das. He was such a unique soul. He started his life, uh, his old life, which is what he would call it, in like high tech and a businessman and... Now, it has completely devoted himself to his spiritual life, and he was incredible. And the other teacher, who I absolutely adored, the one I'm going to be working with, we called him Swami. Swami is basically the term for a high religious teacher or master, and he was just a ball of sunshine, a ray of light. From the first day I knew, my intuition just told me I want to learn from this guy because he was just an embodiment of everything that spirituality means to me. He always had a smile on his face. He always was at peace. He was such a loving person. He had the most loving frequency. And that's why I'm really excited because I think even through Zoom, you can feel that energy and his energy is in and of itself very, very impactful. Even if you were to not understand one thing he's talking about, his energy in and of itself just has an impact on you. It leaves you feeling different. So... Yeah, there were incredible, incredible teachers, and I just want to make sure that that is clear before I go about telling the rest of the story. Now, there was one teacher who is actually the head teacher and the owner of the school, and like I said, I'm not going to be mentioning names at this point, but initially, my intuition was telling me something else about this teacher, And it was different than what I felt with Swami or with Ramdas or even with the staff. This teacher, my intuition was not so against him, but there was a question mark. It was like that feeling where you're not fully sure how you feel about someone, which is in and of itself a message that your intuition is telling you. You don't fully feel safe. You don't fully feel comfortable. And even though my intuition was telling me, hmm, just test this out, see what's going on here, see what you feel about this person. Like a kid at Disneyland, I didn't want to see anything that isn't magical. I did not want to see anything that didn't support my dream, didn't support what my illusion was, what I wanted to experience, what I wanted India to be, this fantasy that I had. And I made a choice to suppress my intuition. It wasn't a conscious choice. It wasn't a choice where one day I was like, no, I don't want to believe these things, but subconsciously, I just suppressed that little whisper inside of me that told me, maybe this person isn't as great as you want to believe he is. And I suppressed that intuition and I did the opposite. It's almost that feeling. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but I've had this feeling before and it's been done to me before where your intuition is telling you, you want to break up with someone and you start to be overly loving to them. It's like you're afraid of what your intuition is telling you, so you do the extreme opposite. 
Or a lot of people talk about this on the other side. They're like, it's so weird. This person was talking about marriage and all these things and all this extreme stuff. And then they left me and they broke up with me. So it was that feeling, the feeling of my intuition is telling me something I'm too afraid to admit to myself, or I don't want to see, I don't want to be true. So let's do the opposite. Let's try to override my intuition with the extreme opposite. And I started to put this person on a pedestal and see him as a guru, as a master, as, as the savior, as this, wow, this is what I came for and completely betrayed myself, let myself go in that process. I always say this. I think that personal betrayal is the worst betrayal in the world. It's the most painful thing you'll ever do in your life is not be loyal to yourself. That's where you'll experience the most pain, the most anxiety, the most suffering in your life when a part of you is telling you something and you are choosing to neglect it because that part of you is your true self talking to you. And I did that. I did that. Not so knowingly at first, for sure. But there was one day, I think it was around the middle of the second week or the end of the second week where this teacher did something that was a clear indication that my intuition was right all along. This teacher acted in a way that was inappropriate, that was weird, that made me super confused. And from that point on, it was all downhill for me, honestly. From that point on, I used the analogy then, I saw Mickey. <laughs> I was a child at Disneyland and Mickey Mouse was, was there for a week and a half. But then I saw Mickey take off his costume. He like took his hat off and I saw an ugly person in that costume and I couldn't unsee it. But even though I couldn't unsee it, I tried to unsee it, which caused more suffering. This is now what I want to refer to as the Mickey Mouse effect, where you create this dream, you create this idea in your mind. My dream is to be a lawyer. My dream is to have this and this type of partner. My dream is to live this type of life. And when you confront that reality or you start to live in that reality and it doesn't match up with what you wanted it to be, when you find out maybe you're wrong, maybe you don't actually want to be a lawyer, maybe law sucks even though you dreamt about it your whole life, maybe this type of person isn't what you're most compatible with even though that's what you thought you wanted your whole life, are you going to be the type of person that is willing to say, Mickey doesn't exist. Mickey's not real. Or are you going to pretend you never saw that? So I tried to pretend I didn't see it because I wanted India to be what I wanted India to be. Now, don't get me wrong. The experience in India was one of the most transformative experiences for me in my life for the reason that I'm explaining right now. Because of the difficult, hard, ugly lessons I learned before I left there but it wasn't what I wanted, right? I wanted to find this master teacher. I wanted to be led. I wanted to be guided. I wanted someone to tell me I'm special, which by the way, for the first week and a half, this teacher was hyping me up and telling me how special I am and how advanced I am and feeding my ego. My ego was so full and I didn't want to lose the ecstasy and the magic that I felt when I was at Disneyland for the first two weeks. So from that point on, I actually suffered a lot for two weeks because my intuition was telling me one thing. My ego was trying to convince me something else. 
I was angry with all of the people around me who saw it and didn't act on it, who pretended they don't see what I see. The people who were ignorant and didn't see it pissed me off even more. And I was just fighting myself internally. I didn't sleep so much. I was having a really hard time sleeping because I didn't feel safe. Not that I felt like physically in danger, but I feel like things like sleep require you to be vulnerable, right? You're putting yourself in a state of vulnerability to close your eyes and and surrender and kind of let go of your conscious mind so you can fall asleep. I didn't feel like I was in an environment energetically that I felt safe to sleep in. So I was barely sleeping. And at a certain point, I stopped going to class and I lost my light. I was a very, very dimmed, dimmed version of myself that I don't think many people who know me have even seen. It was hard for me also that the people that were in the school with me who barely knew me, they've known me a week and a half, saw me like this and that this is who they probably think I am now and saw me acting in a very, very low vibrational version of myself. But I knew the entire time that once I left, I would obviously be able to come back to myself. And I do feel like I am back to myself now, slowly, slowly. It's taking a little bit of time because it had a really huge effect on me mentally. This idea of piecing together what I wanted it to be, what it ended up being, how I felt there. And I promise to elaborate more and I promise to share more about this experience. But for now, I want to say that I watched people in the school with me myself included, and many times, refuse to believe that Mickey doesn't exist even when they saw that Mickey doesn't exist. And I think that's one of the things that causes a lot of people suffering in life, that they create some sort of image or dream or idea in their head that they fantasize about and that they feed into. And even when reality proves them that they're wrong, they refuse to admit it. And they're willing to suffer suffer just to hold on to that vision and that dream and to believe that Mickey's real. The funniest thing is that I kept calling this person Mickey. Like when me and my closest friend in the school, our code name for the teacher was Mickey because of the analogy that I came up with. Like when I was trying to explain how I felt and why I was suffering for two weeks was because I kept saying like, I can't unsee that Mickey's not real. I can't go back to Disneyland because it's not Disneyland. That's what I was saying the whole time. But I had spoken to a really good friend of mine after I left and he's been to India many times and we were talking and I shared with him a little bit more about what happened. And he said to me that Rishikesh is like yoga Disneyland where people from all over the world come to this place in India that is the capital of yoga, right? And it's beautiful and it's where yoga was born. But unfortunately, So many teachers and businessmen, I will call them businessmen, not teachers, masked as teachers. So businessmen masked as teachers and gurus have used that to exploit it and take advantage of people coming to really learn from all over the world. And it looks like a spiritual place and it feels like a spiritual place. But the way a lot of these teachers are acting and the way they're running their schools is not spiritual at all. And everyone is almost just going along with it because they came all the way to India with this vision and they overcame their fears and maybe they saved up their money and they did it and they're there and they're posting pictures on Instagram and they want people to to know that they're there. It's like everyone is playing along with this 
bullshit, honestly, bullshit facade of, oh, we're here doing India spiritual life. It's not, it's not. I spoke to so many people who were going to different schools and different programs and so many people were having a similar experience to me that it blew my mind that everyone's just walking around acting like, oh, oh, well, well, let's just go along with it. Let's just pretend this isn't what's happening. Now, the reason I'm not sharing the details of what happened and, and what the experience was is for one reason only, uh, which I cannot talk about right now. It's still pending how I'm going to go about this situation and what I want to do about it. So I don't want to harm that by talking at the moment. But I promise that eventually I will share much, much more with you guys. I wanted to start with this because this lesson and this message of the Mickey Mouse effect, what I call it now, is that I went all the way to India to find a guru or a teacher or a guide only to find out the most invaluable lesson probably I'll find out in my lifetime, that the only person I will ever put on a pedestal in my life is God. And the only person that can guide me to God is myself, period. And this isn't something that's special and unique to me. This is something that I'm telling every single person listening to me right now. And when your intuition is talking to you and telling you, maybe you don't want to do this. Maybe this isn't a good person. Maybe you don't really love this job. Maybe this isn't the dream that you thought it was. That's God communicating with you. That's what your intuition is. And God was with me and I had that guide with me from the first day when I look back, I heard that voice from day one. And if I had to go all the way to India to learn that lesson so that I can share it with you guys, then obviously I'm so happy that I did. It was not easy. It was really not an enjoyable experience for a lot of it. But I left there just as confident that I needed to go as I was when I landed and got there. I was excited to leave for sure, but I knew that I needed to go there for this lesson. So this is just the beginning. This is just us getting started, warming up. I have so many things that I've planned to teach you guys and share with you guys, but I thought, why not just start with something that just feels right to share in this moment, what I'm going through, what I'm working through, what the biggest lesson that I'm trying to chew and digest right now. And before I go, I want to say that my incredible, incredible teacher Swami, who was Probably the only reason why I stayed in the school because I enjoyed studying with him so much. I wouldn't go to class and I'd meet with him every day alone to study and learn. And he taught me so many incredible things because he's so passionate about what he's teaching and he really is an embodiment of what he's teaching. Which, by the way, I would say if you're learning from anyone, if you're being taught by anyone, myself included, by the way, if you wouldn't want to live life like that person, find a different teacher. <laughs> Because the teachers that I learned the most from and that I enjoyed learning from, they had this light come out of them. They were active. They were happy. They were outgoing. And this other teacher that I was talking about, right, the Mickey, he was always laying in bed. <laughs> he was the laziest, grimiest person. Honestly, he was never happy, never smiling, wasn't active, wasn't anything that I want to be like. So why would I learn from someone like that? Why? He would do so many things that were just not in alignment with what I want to become more of in my life. 
So if you want to learn from someone, learn from someone who you see your highest self in, who you see a version of yourself that you want to be more like in that human. If they're not happy and smiling and free and they're not giving you this this feeling of, yeah, I want to be like that too, don't listen to them, period. But back to Swami, he was one of those. And Swami and I decided that for November, before I relaunched my group program, I still wanted to come back to teaching and offer lessons to people. We're going to be offering three workshops in November, the three Sundays of November after the 6th, so the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th at 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific time on Sundays. We're going to be teaching an hour and a half workshop on the science of life. The first lesson is going to be on the challenges and obstacles that are blocking you from peace and happiness and feeling spiritually rich. The second one is going to be on what the potential is, how to tap into your potential and the possibilities you have to start experiencing more spiritual richness and happiness and flow in your life. And the third lesson is going to be on how to achieve that higher state. So the obstacles, the potential, and then the achievement. Now you'll have two options. You can join for one lesson or you can buy all three for a discount. We decided to make it super affordable, so it's only $40 a lesson if you want to pay per lesson. But if you buy all three in advance, so you want to join all three, which I highly recommend because once you come to one, you'll most likely want to come to another. And they build on each other, so it only makes sense. If you come to all three, then you get a discount and it's only $100. So I'm sharing this with you guys now as like an early registration. If you want to join DM me on Instagram and I can secure your spot before I post this to the general public because there will be limited spots and I always like to offer things to you guys first. That is it for today and I'm so excited to be back. I'm just getting started, just warming up. And from now on, the podcast will be weekly so you can expect an episode next week. Thanks again for being here. If you enjoyed this episode, reach out to me. I'm happy to discuss whatever you've listened to and have questions about or comments about. If you would like, please screenshot it, share it on your story, tag me, maybe send it to someone who you think will enjoy it. We're here to share this information with as many people as possible. I love you guys. I missed you all. And I'll be back next week. Thanks again. Love you.